Hello and welcome to the Rugby Gods podcast. I'm John Keenan. No mai harimai. Today is October 12th and now let's talk some rugby. Alright, so this podcast is going to be completely about the Mighty 10 Cup. Uh, there will be nothing about the uh, Bledisloe Cup that went on yesterday uh, between the All Blacks and the Wallabies. Uh, hopefully I'll do a review of that match, uh, of the test match, uh, sometime during the week. Hopefully like tomorrow on a Tuesday, uh, my time, or uh, maybe Wednesday. We'll see how we go. Uh, but yeah, so just moving on, or just you know giving you a heads up there, uh, I'm not going to combine uh, you know, like Mighty Ten Cup stuff and, you know, Bledisloe Cup stuff or, you know, certainly not too much. Uh, it's just too much work. Things go too long. So let's get into what we're doing today, uh, which is um, the Mighty Ten Cup, basically, as it is. So uh, five rounds have been done. So we're halfway through uh, the regular season of the Mighty Ten Cup, if you will. Uh, it's a 10-round competition uh, plus semifinals and finals uh, for the top four uh, in both the Premiership and the Championship. So essentially it's a 12-week competition. Uh, so yeah, let's have a look at what happened. Uh, seven games as per usual, uh, although there was a little bit of scheduling change uh, to accommodate the Sunday afternoon uh, Bledisloe Cup match. Uh, so uh, there was actually, uh, what? how many games there? Four. There was actually four games on the Saturday uh, rather than the usual three. Uh, and the two Sunday games were played very early, or much earlier than usual, uh, but also at the same time. Uh, so yeah, uh, let's get into it and see uh, what happened in the scores. Maybe have a quick uh, little bit of feedback, or a quick little bit of uh, my, my two cents worth, if you will, uh, about each performance. Uh, obviously go check them out. Uh, there's plenty of highlights on the internet uh, these days uh, for each match. Uh, but yeah, maybe I'll just give one or two thoughts per game, uh, you know, tell you the scores, uh, and then get into how did I go in terms of what I uh, sort of uh, previewed uh, last Monday, you know, how did my predictions go, uh, how did the community predictions go uh, using the Superbrew uh, website. So yeah, uh, first game of round five was Manawa 2 at home to Canterbury. Uh, and pretty predictably, unfortunately, uh, it was 34-10 to Canterbury. So, you know, Canterbury winning that one very comfortably. Um, I think if you actually watch the game, though, which uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to do uh, uh, last Friday, um, Manawatu put up a really good performance in the first half. Um, I guess it was equal measure. It was a bit mixed. It was sort of equal measure, good work from Manawatu, and a pretty high error count from Canterbury. Uh, but certainly that first 30 minutes of the game, uh, it was still nil all, it was nil nil at 30 minutes, uh, but that's pretty much when Canterbury really started to get into their work. Um, basically, yeah, first 30 minutes of the game, nil nil, uh, from 30 minutes to 60 minutes, the score was 34 nil to Canterbury. Uh, you know, and then as it finished out, 34-10, uh, Menor 2 picked up a couple of late tries in the last sort of 10-15 minutes. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, Canterbury really did blow them away. Um, essentially towards the end of the first half. Got a pretty lucky, kind of opportunistic first try uh, in the first half. Uh, well taken, but you know, pretty opportunistic. Um, and then, you know, like just really rolled on. It was you know, dominant performance in that third quarter. It was uh, very impressive. Uh, which, I guess, uh, if you were having a look at the, at the, at the team lineups, um, you would have kind of noticed that, you know, Canterbury was almost 
and I mean this with the utmost respect to Manawatu and everybody involved, but Canterbury was almost playing like a C team, um, you know, to start that match out. And obviously the first 30 minutes kind of looked a little bit like that. Uh, by C team, I mean, you know, they're obviously missing uh, quite a number of All Blacks that were going to be involved, uh, you know, in the Bledisloe Cup match and uh, with the All Black squad. Uh, and then they also had a number of sort of quite high level sort of super rugby players that they seemed to bench and have as reserves. And they, were, they really seemed like a hat tip to youth. They were kind of saying, well, you know, come on, next generation. Let's see how you can do with some starting positions. You know, no All Blacks, of course, and then even experienced Super Rugby guys uh, out of the squad or on the bench. So, you know, Canterbury really did go, you know, pretty deep into their squad for this one. Uh, obviously, in the first half, didn't seem to be paying dividends. But, uh, you know, when they, when they did ring the changes, they brought the bench on. There was a huge amount of quality uh, and obviously, you know, a 34-point run in 30 minutes, um, you know, kind of shows uh, what Canterbury can do. Uh, I think, you know, players to give a, a shout-out to, though, um, certainly a couple of up-and-comers, a couple of players who started. Uh, so, you know, like you could say sort of kind of development players were still in the making uh, for Canterbury. Uh, the right-winger, Fihaki, was really good. Uh, he was really good in that match. So he's definitely one to watch, Canterbury winger, uh, Fihaki. Uh, and also Canterbury's 10, their first five, was uh, Fergus Burke. Now, I believe he did have a Super Rugby contract this year. Um, I think he's sort of like the number three Crusaders 10. So you wouldn't say that he's exactly like, you know, purely a development player. But, you know, when you have the likes of Moonga and even Brett Cameron, who is a, you know, one test all black uh, in both the Crusaders and the Canterbury uh, provincial team, uh, sometimes pretty hard to get a start, right? Uh, and he looked quality uh, at 10. I think he's going to give... You know, Brett Cameron, a serious run for his money, uh, you know, for the rest of the season uh, as to who starts 10 for Canterbury uh, and may well even give Brett Cameron, a, you know, a pretty significant run uh, as to, you know, who is really Richie Mwanga's deputy uh, moving forward with the Crusaders. Uh, he definitely looks very, very accomplished. Uh, maybe the third person to uh, shout out there uh, was Mitchell Drummond. Uh, he doesn't need too much introduction, I don't think. Uh, I think most people, if you've watched Super Rugby, you'd be fairly familiar with him being, you know, one of the one-two punch that makes up, you know, the, the lethal uh, Crusaders uh, halfback duo. Um, he probably is on the bench more often than not. Bryn Hall, the uh, North Harbour halfback, plays his rugby for the Crusaders. And he generally gets the start with Drummond coming on um, as, you know, like the reserve or the 21. Uh, and he was basically in that role again, uh, you know, as I said, you know, like a lot of development players were given the start in this one. Uh, and he just looked a million dollars. Like he really was, or he really is showing that he, uh, probably along with Jamie Booth, are probably the two best 21s uh, in the New Zealand game. And I certainly think, you know, as rugby perhaps gets a little bit more specialised uh, in certain positions, it may be something that, you know, uh, super rugby teams for sure, but even uh, international teams maybe need to think about, like, do you really play your best two nines? Or do you play your best nine? And then do you play your best, like, 21? Do you play your best sub nine? Because, you know, I really feel like it's almost becoming a little bit of a different position that kind of energy that you can provide to a game in the second half and or the last, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes uh, in terms of, you know, exposing holes, breaking teams down, you know, a running game or a quick passing game, etc. So, you know, like, I mean, I'm not 
a, a huge fan of Mitchell Drummond in terms of like I believe he's a top three number nine in New Zealand and should be in the All Blacks or anything like that um, but you know I, I really do rate him as a 21 I really do rate him as probably the best uh, reserve halfback in New Zealand at, at the moment so yeah that's just something for you there uh, so on to the second game, uh, which was, you know, start of the Saturday games. Uh, it was a Taranaki at home to Auckland. Um, and the score was uh, 29-28 to Auckland. So Auckland did it extremely tough uh, in Inglewood, uh, where they're playing this one. Uh, and yeah, uh, pretty unexpected, I think. I think most people would have thought uh, Auckland was going to do this one fairly comfortably. Uh, but in the first half, Taranaki were really good. Uh, their fullback, Potros, uh, he basically put 23 points together by himself uh, in that first half. Uh, and, you know, Auckland was certainly under the pump. Uh, two tries apiece to uh, their wingers, Rayasi and Lamb, uh, basically got them home by a point. So, you know, very, very close. Obviously, most people, I think, were, you know, expecting the Auckland win. But I don't think they were expecting that it was going to take 75 minutes, uh, you know, uh, to get out of jail as such by a point. Uh, on to the third match, which was uh, North Harbour at home for the second week in a row. So it was North Harbour at home to Hawke's Bay. So this was a pretty interesting match. I was certainly pretty interested in it a week ago, um, just because of what North Harbour did to Tasman at home. Uh, and then, of course, like what Hawke's Bay has been doing uh, in terms of, you know, beating Canterbury at home uh, and then taking the shield off Otago in Dunedin. Uh, I thought this would be a very competitive game, basically top of the championship. Uh, the uh, bottom of the Premiership, uh, so almost like a 8v7, if you will, or a 7v8, uh, but it was not like that at all. North Harbour were amazing, so North Harbour won 46-10 over Hawke's Bay, so uh, I don't know if that is uh, a reverse Ranfilly Shield hangover, if you will, like uh, perhaps you don't play well if you win or if you lose the Ranfilly Shield uh, for the first time, <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on in 2020 this year. Um, but, um, you know, we've talked on a couple of podcasts um, about the psychological damage, you know, how you feel a bit down as a team uh, if you, you know, win the Shield, lose the Shield. Well, in Hawks Bay's case, I mean, they've, like I've said a couple of times now, they've beaten Canterbury at home for the first time in something like 28 years, I think it was, or 38 years actually, I think it was, uh, which is a huge achievement. Uh, and then obviously come down to Dunedin and take in the shield. So you would kind of think that they're running on, you know, they're, they're walking around on cloud nine. But um, the performance they put together uh, up in North Harbour in Albany was 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 pretty pretty dog. Uh, but you know, in saying that, North Harbour was was very exceptional. Uh, in the first half, their uh, winger Page, I believe he's their right winger, uh, he scored three tries. Um, and the game was actually reasonably competitive through to the 60-minute mark. Um, I believe at that time it was uh, 22-10 to Harbour at 60 minutes. Um, so, you know, Harbour is certainly controlling the game, but it's, uh, it's not a crazy blowout. Um, but Harbour did get a 60-metre penalty uh, pretty much uh, at, 60, at 60 minutes, I believe, around about 60-minute mark. Sorry, I don't actually have that time. Uh, but it was about 60 minutes, um, maybe a little earlier. Uh, and it was 22-10. Uh, Gatlin stepped up and kicked a 60-meter penalty, which is, you know, pretty impressive. I think you've always got to shout that out. Uh, and that made it 25-10 to Harbour, and that obviously put them in, you know, full control of the match. They're at home, they're up by 15 points, and, you know, from there they, they really put on a bit of an exhibition. Uh, it was pretty impressive. Uh, they scored some very good tries 
uh, after that, uh, obviously, you know, the, the game opened up. It was very f uh, free-flowing, uh, not too much to lose uh, in terms of, you know, uh, harbour. And, you know, they really expressed themselves. So well done to Harbour. It was pretty impressive. So that's, you know, two weeks in a row, two really big wins over the Premiership frontrunners and the Championship frontrunners. And they've really got themselves back into the uh, Premiership conversation, got themselves away or out of relegation as well with that. Uh, and they will be taking on Wellington next week uh, down in Wellington. So that will be uh, another very big matchup. Uh, on to the next match, which is, or which was, uh, Wellington against Otago. So Wellington at home to Otago. And it was 35-34 to Otago. So that was a big upset. Uh, Otago really just hung in there, hung in, hung in. Like, uh, you know, just kept coming back at that Wellington team. It was very back and forward. Um, you know, nobody really established too much dominance. I guess you could argue Wellington, perhaps around the sort of 60-65 minute mark, they kind of got out by about 11 points. Uh, you probably, more often than not, would have thought that would have been enough to kind of break Otago, uh, but it was not, uh, and Otago was very good in coming back in that last sort of 10-15 minutes, scoring a couple of tries and winning the game by a point. Um, so yeah, well done Otago. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think a note I've got here is pretty much bang on 65, uh, 65 minutes. It was 34-23 to uh, Wellington. Uh, I think that was like their, f at least their fourth try. I think it was their fourth try. Uh, and you know, that gave them their, their bonus point and gave them an 11 point lead at home. Uh, you know, generally speaking, you would, you'd want to put away a championship team uh, being a premiership team. You'd want to put away a championship team like Otago uh, from that situation, especially an Otago team that, as we've said a few times now, uh, you know, lost the shield last week. But, you know, great fortitude from Otago and some really good tries from both teams. So, you know, well done Otago, um, taking a premiership scalp there uh, on the road against Wellington. Uh, fourth match of Saturday, due to the rejig, was uh, a Waikato at home to Counties Manukau. This one pretty much went to script. It was 36-13 uh, to Waikato. Um, although, you know, it must be said, uh, Counties was actually up uh, in the first half for much of the first half. Uh, Waikato was struggling pretty much throughout the entire first half, much like Canterbury. Uh, I believe they were down 10-5. Uh, and then they got a penalty try pretty much bang on half time, uh, you know, which is, you know, it was off of, it was off of a scrum. Um, you know, I'm not going to say too much about it, but, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of penalty tries unless, you know, you're talking about dangerous play and, like, really clear and obvious and or dangerous play essentially at the line, you know, in the process of scoring a try. If you're going to get penalty tries uh, just because one team has a dominant scrum over the other, you know, and one team is pushing forward, whatever, um, you know, I guess it's up to you. You're the referee. It's your interpretation. But, you know, I would, I would rather see just penalties and cards for that. I, I, I don't really feel like, you know, awarding penalty tries uh, is the right thing to be doing. So I, th I felt Counties was a little bit unlucky there, sort of broke them a little bit. And uh, in the second half, you know, the, the Waikato backs were just all class. Uh, and they just, you know, absolutely uh, took it to Counties. Uh, basically, Counties had uh, pretty much nothing uh, in that second half. So well done, Waikato winning at home. Uh, the two Sunday games, so the final two matches were on the Sunday, uh, early Sunday matches to accommodate the Bledisloe. Uh, the first one, uh, or the sixth match of the round, was Tasman at home to Bay of Plenty. 
uh, and Tasman won it 33-7. So yeah, they inflicted some pain there on uh, Bay of Plenty uh, after their uh, pretty surprising and pretty convincing um, you know, domination uh, by North Harbour the week before. Uh, Tasman really got back into their groove, got back into their work, uh, and were very good um, against Bay of Plenty. Not uh, really too much to say about that. It was just sort of uh, going through the motions and racking up a score there for Tasman. Uh, although I think you've got to highlight uh, the Tasman try at 54 minutes, which was um, a tight head. So uh, basically five meter out, five meter scrum uh, out from the uh, Bay of Plenty line. Uh, Tasman just completely dominated them, shunted them off the ball, got a tight head and just like basically just rolled over from five meters out and scored. It was probably one of the most dominant um, you know, set-piece tries or scrum set-piece tries I've seen for a while. Uh, so well done, Tasman, there, um, especially because you know Tasman looked very, very good in their backs. But uh, their forwards also made a little bit of a statement there in the second half against Bayer Plenty. Uh, and then on to the seventh match, the final match, which was essentially played at the same time as the Tasman match but it was uh, Northland at home to Southland. Uh, and again, Southland involved in a dogfight, who would have thought? Uh, and it was Northland winning though, 18-14. So again, you know, Southland have just been notorious this year for keeping scores low and keeping scores close. Uh, unfortunately for them, they're on the losing side of this one. Um, but, you know, I think it was fairly deserved. I think Northland, certainly in the first half, for the majority of it, played very well. Uh, but, you know, Southland took their opportunities, they stayed in it, as they do, uh, and their second try was uh, a really, really good try. Um, they basically scored that uh, pretty early on in the second half. I believe it, it was around about the 46-47th uh, minute. Um, you know, Southland got a really well-worked sort of open play try, broken play try, uh, which got them up 14-11. Uh, but Northland essentially came straight back and, you know, responded like two minutes later, 49th, 50th minute, they scored themselves and that got it to 18-14, which is where the game finished out. So the last 30 minutes was, uh, there were no more points scored and it was just a bit of back and forth. Uh, and, you know, a classic uh, 2020 Southland dogfight ensued. So yeah, um, let's, what else do we need to do there? Well, those are the games, yeah, and those are the scores, and that's a little bit of commentary around each one. Hopefully you enjoyed that. So I think, yeah, the next thing to do is to go on to uh, what did I say and what did I predict, if you know what I mean, and uh, how did it go? So let's recap that. So first game was Manawa 2 at home to Canterbury, uh, and it was 34-10 to Canterbury. Uh, so I picked Canterbury to win by 16, uh, and Canterbury won by 24. So I got the win for that, didn't get the margin. Uh, game two, Taranaki at home to Auckland. Uh, it was 29-28 away to Auckland. Uh, I picked Auckland to win by 12, uh, and Auckland won by one. They just snuck home there. Uh, third game, Harbour at home, or I should say North Harbour, sorry, North Harbour at home to Hawke's Bay. Uh, I picked Hawke's Bay to win by, oh sorry, it was 46-10 to North Harbour. I picked Hawke's Bay to win by 4, and Harbour won by 36 points. So, you know, completely off on that one. Uh, game 4 was uh, Wellington at home to Otago, and Otago won away 35-34. Uh, I picked Wellington to win by 11, 
uh, and as I said before, I think at around the 65th minute mark, that was pretty much going to script. I picked Wellington to win by 11, but Otago won by one. So, you know, well done Otago there for the away win. Uh, game five, uh, Waikato at home to Counties Manukau. It was 36-13 to Waikato. Uh, I picked Waikato to win by nine, and Waikato won by 23. So overachieving there, or in my opinion, so well done Waikato. Certainly got it going in the second half. Perhaps a little bit of a lucky uh, penalty try at halftime, though, must be said. Uh, the final two matches, so game six on the Sunday was Tasman uh, at home to Bay of Plenty, uh, and Tasman won 33-7. So I picked Tasman to win by 18, uh, and Tasman won by 26. So, yeah, uh, final match... Northland at home to Southlands, 18-14 uh, to Northlands. I picked Northland to win by 16, uh, and Northland won by 4. So yeah, I was sort of, I think I said actually maybe in the last podcast, I was thinking either it's going to be a very close kind of, you know, dogfight, uh, as it turned out to be, or Northland would actually kind of break Southland open, express themselves, and win it by, by plenty. Uh, I ended up favouring the, the latter option there, uh, which was not so, well, just wasn't the case. So yeah, uh, so just to recap that one more time, it's almost like a third recap, I apologise. But basically, um, you know, 34-10 Canterbury, I got the win point for that, but not the margin. 29-28 to Auckland, so I got the win point there. Uh, 46-10 to North Harbour, I did got nothing there, I was well off, I picked Hawke's Bay by 4. Um, 35-34 to Otago I picked Wellington in that one so I got nothing uh, 36-13 to Waikato I got the win point there uh, 33-7 to Tasman I got the win point there uh, and 18-14 to Northland I got the win point there so I picked 5 of 7 outcomes but I picked no margins so you know none of my predictions or none of my score predictions were within five of the uh, real score. Didn't pick Harbour to beat Hawke's Bay. Didn't, beat o didn't pick Otago to beat Wellington. So yeah, uh, and uh, expectations there. So the, the Canterbury win was at 97% expectation from the Superbrew community. So that's essentially 10,000 people predicting. Uh, and 97% predicted a Canterbury win. Uh, you know, but it's not by the margin, if you know what I mean. It's just for the win. Um, Auckland's win uh, was a 90% expectation. Uh, North Harbour's win was a 29% expectation. So again, you know, North Harbour, second week in a row, just coming off a really big win, a very big convincing win against Tasman, uh, but still only 29% um, expected them to, to get up and over Hawke's Bay, uh, and I was not one of them. The Otago win, uh, only an 8% expectation that Otago would, you know, recover from Shield Blues and be able to travel up to Wellington. Uh, so, you know, huge upset there. Uh, the Waikato win, 98% expectation. The Tasman win, a 98% expectation. And the Northland win, a 92% expectation. So, quite surprising to me. I don't think there was that much difference uh, separating Northland and Southland in terms of quality but everybody was on the Northland bandwagon up in Whangarei, up in the far north. So yeah, I mean, as you can see there, if you go through, there's, um, there's essentially uh, the, the community of 10,000 has picked 90% or above expectations, or has had 90% or above expectations um, on five of those matches. 
and in fact it must have had a 92% expectation that Wellington would win as well. So the community was, you know, pretty homogenous in its picking there. The only, the only thing, the only real contestable match was um, North Harbour Hawks Bay, which was still, you know, twenty nine percent picking North Harbour, seventy one percent picking uh, Hawks Bay, uh, which was wrong. Uh, so you know, like not not a huge amount of uh, close matches in terms of um, the predictive community there for round five. As it turned out, uh, there was at least you know two, if not three, uh, you know pretty uh, tightly fought matches there. So yeah, uh, that's a pretty good squiz, I think, of round five. Uh, let's move on to round six. See what we think. Let's preview that um, for next week or this coming weekend, uh, and then obviously have a bit of a look at the standings as well, which is uh, pretty important uh, as we're five rounds in now into a ten round uh, regular season. So uh, for next week, for round six, uh, the Friday match will be uh, Hawke's Bay at home to Northland, which of course will be a Ran for the Shield uh, defence for Hawke's Bay, or a Ran for the Shield challenge, I guess, is maybe the easier way of saying it, uh, for Northland, which is going to be pretty interesting because, you know, Northland are going great guns. They've won their last three games. Obviously, two of those have been at home. Uh, maybe some of the teams they've beaten have not been... Um, I mean, no disrespect, but they haven't exactly been premiership teams. I think their last three wins have actually been against fellow championship teams. But, um, you know, I wouldn't take that away from anyone. Uh, three wins in a row in this competition is impressive. Um, obviously, Hawke's Bay coming off that absolute hiding uh, at the hands of North Harbour. But they do have the shield to defend in Napier. Uh, so I think that's going to be a really interesting match. Um, I'm going to go with Hawke's Bay, uh, even though they didn't serve me very well last week or in round five. I'm going to keep the faith and I'm going to say Hawke's Bay defends the shield against Northland on the Friday night. But I think it's going to be a pretty good one because you know Northland are coming with a very good team this year, very good form. Uh, into the Saturday matches, uh, Manawatu at home to Bay of Plenty. So second week in a row at home for Manawatu. Uh, but I think Bay of Plenty are going to be good enough in this one. I think they're going to get their campaign uh, at least a little bit back on track uh, with a win over a championship team. Uh, they're certainly going to need it because uh, if they drop to Manoa 2, then I would say that's pretty much relegation from the Premiership guaranteed for Bay of Plenty. So I think Bay of Plenty probably have a lot more to play for in that one. Uh, and, you know, Bay of Plenty, just in terms of quality, uh, are a better team. It's a, it's a bit of a train wreck though, um, if you have a look, I mean Manawa 2 now are 0-5, uh, they've got no wins, they're the only, the only team not to have picked up a win uh, after 5 rounds, the only team not to have picked up a win after I think 4 rounds, uh, but you know yeah so 0-5 record, pretty shocking, but Bay Plenty not much better, they are 1-4, uh, so they've just got the one win, which I believe was at home to Southland in the second week. Uh, and then they're on a three-game losing streak as well. So, you know, um, battle of battle of a couple of battling teams, if you will, there. But I think Bay Plenty, the premiership team, definitely got a bit more firepower, should have a bit more motivation uh, to win that one and win it well. Uh, the next match of the round will be uh, Wellington at home to North Harbour. So that will be Wellington at home for the second week in a row. Um, and yeah, they're going to be taking on the form team. You'd have to say Harbour is the form team of the competition. Um, they might still be, you know, I think in sixth spot in the Premiership, still pretty far down, pretty far out of uh, even semi-final, um, you know, spots. But you know, uh, 
those two home wins over you know the premiership and championship leaders and two massive home wins over them uh, you know that Harper team has really you know changed course changed tack and is you know performing uh, especially after they started their season 0-3 I don't think too many people had much hope or much faith in Harper doing too much I think everybody was sort of thinking well it's going to be you know basically a battle out of bad plenty and Harper for you know who gets that seventh spot in relegation uh, that's about it but Harbour are really making a play for semi-finals rugby now uh, and obviously you know like Wellington on a two-game slide um, you know difficult loss to Canterbury in Canterbury in fact it was a, you know a draw at full time and they lost in golden point uh, and then obviously losing to Otago by a point after being up by 11 uh, pretty late into the game it's a couple of tough um, you know a couple of tough losses to swallow for Wellington but they've certainly got to rectify that um, and you know Harbour Harbour have rectified you know the first three games of their season with the last two games so you know the form and the results are definitely coming from opposite from opposite areas opposite angles here um, but it is the Lions or it is Wellington at home uh, and I'm going to back Wellington for a close win over Harbour there I think they're going to they're going to put a marker down uh, get their season back on track if Harbour does win it's going to make things incredibly interesting uh, because it's very likely, you know, like I just said, that Bay of Plenty will also get a win uh, over, you know, the struggling Manawatu, uh, which will mean that if Bay of Plenty does that and if Harbour wins away against Wellington, then those two teams, those two teams that are currently in 6th and 7th uh, in the Premiership, they're going to rise, and they're potentially going to rise pretty much up to the level of, say, 5th place Wellington, and you're going to have a real, you know, three-way battle uh, for relegation. So some interesting, you know, very, very much on the line, uh, you know, what happens uh, in round six here with that, um, you know, Manawatu Bay of Plenty game and Wellington North Harbour game. It's uh, got a lot, uh, it's got a lot riding on those two games. Um, the next game will be uh, Auckland at home to Tasman uh, from Auckland, of course. Uh, so yeah, that will be pretty interesting. That will be at Eden Park. So I guess that will be a Saturday match. Uh, it's going to be essentially, I guess, a, almost like a warm-up dress rehearsal curtain raiser, if you will. Uh, it's sort of the way that they used the uh, Wellington-Otago game uh, last week uh, before Bledisloe won. I guess they're doing something similar with Auckland uh, at home to Tasman um, on the Saturday before Bledisloe 2 on the Sunday. So some pretty good rugby for your, you know, if you want to get along and watch a game in Auckland. You've got two pretty awesome games to check out there. Um, Auckland have unbelievably put together three wins in a row now. Um, I feel like their season has been uh, not quite as good as that, especially with that um, that loss at home to Wellington. But they've actually managed to, to hustle and win three straight since then. So, you know, good on them. Uh, and then obviously Tasman had the, um, the North Harbour blip, but they are sitting, you know, four and one and top of the Premiership. So it's going to be a really good battle between those two. Uh, but I do believe Tasman have the goods to come up to Auckland and win. And that's what I'll be backing. So into, oh no, sorry, still one more Saturday game. Due to the uh, rejig for the Bledisloe Cup for the test match on the Sunday, uh, it will be Southland at home to Taranaki um, on the Saturday as well. And yeah, I've basically got Taranaki to win that. I think I've learnt my lesson, um, judging from the last five games that Southland have been involved in, basically nobody gets out uh, easily, um, so I'm going for a close win for Taranaki there, 
uh, especially in Invercargill where Southland are playing some great rugby. So I still believe Taranaki will be good enough to come down and win it, but I'm not predicting you know a big margin there because you know Southland that's just not what they do this year. Whether they win, whether they lose, it's close. That's the lesson that I'm learning uh, through five rounds with Southland. So on to the last two games, uh, finally, I guess. Uh, sorry about the formatting there, losing my place a little bit. But on to the two Sunday games, the two early Sunday games. Uh, it will be Canterbury at home to Waikato. That's another very good match. And it will also be Otago at home to Counties Manukau, but they played at the same time. Um, but yeah, let's start with the Canterbury match. So Canterbury uh, at home to Waikato. I have Canterbury winning that. Um, I was pretty impressed with what they were doing against Manawatu with, uh, like I said, no disrespect, kind of almost like a development slash C team. Uh, and I think if you have some of those players, some of those better performing players on your bench, you rotate back in basically um, you know, your best team uh, for Waikato. I think Canterbury's going to go pretty well there. Um, you know, Waikato uh, certainly looked very good in that second half, but I feel like counties were a little bit broken, uh, a little bit disrupted by that penalty try, and there was a card in there as well. Um, you know, and Waikato was pretty unconvincing basically for the first half of their match against counties Manukau. Uh, so I kind of see Canterbury uh, being good enough um, and probably comfortably good enough uh, against Waikato at home uh, in round six. Uh, final match, Otago at home to Counties Manukau. Uh, again, I think, you know, Otago, I think that match against Wellington is going to be a real bellwether for them. I think that, that that was the kind of win that they needed for their season, especially after, I guess in a way, maybe overachieving by winning the Shield and then underachieving by not defending it. I think they really needed to come up to Wellington and, and get something special, get the, uh, get the season you know, rejuvenated, restarted. They did that, and I think they're going to win and win pretty comfortably at home against Counties uh, in round six uh, to, you know, to finish out the round. So yeah, um, maybe I'll just really, really quickly recap that. I hope you don't get too annoyed at me recapping things, but I think it's kind of important. I kind of waffle on a little bit. Uh, by waffle, I mean try and add value, I guess, to the games, try and add some commentary, but um, sometimes it gets a little bit hard to remember exactly what it is that I said I was, you know, picking. Uh, so let's quickly recap this. So first match, Hawke's Bay, Northland, I've got Hawke's Bay for the win. Uh, I won't tell you margins, uh, you know, you get the margins next week. Um, yeah, you know the deal, I hope. So Hawke's Bay at home, Hawke's Bay for the win. Uh, Manawatu, Bay of Plenty, uh, I've got Bay of Plenty to win away. Uh, Wellington, North Harbour, I've got Wellington to win at home. Uh, Auckland, Tasman, I've got Tasman to win away. Uh, Southland, Taranaki, I've got Taranaki to win away in Southland. Could be a silly pick. We'll see, but it should be a close one. Uh, sixth game, Canterbury at home to Waikato, I've got Canterbury to win. And seventh game, final game, Otago at home to Counties Manukau, I've got Otago to win. So yeah, there you go. So that's a review and a preview uh, of round five and round six of the Mighty Ten Cup uh, in 2020 as we are. So the last thing for us to probably focus on here before I sign off or sign out um, is uh, the standings. So yeah, like let's have a, a pretty good look through this. Usually I just look at the premiership standings. Maybe I'll give you the top two in the championship. But I think as we are officially at the halfway, five rounds being played, five out of ten games have been played for each team. Um, 
you know, I think it's probably worth going through basically the entire standings and, you know, uh, seeing it in all its glory, if you will. So, yeah, the Premiership is, uh, we've got Tasman, um, played 5, 1-4, lost 1, 20 points. Auckland, played 5, 1-4, lost 1, 19 points. Waikato, played 5, 1-4, lost 1, 19 points. And Canterbury, played 5, 1-3, lost 2, 17 points. So those are your semi-finalists, that's your top four at present. Uh, moving on though, uh, in fifth spot is Wellington, played five, won two, lost three, 15 points. Uh, North Harbour played five, won two, lost three, and 11 points. And Bay of Plenty played five, won one, lost four, seven points. So as you can see there, um, like I was sort of saying, uh, you know, if Bay of Plenty can get a win, a bonus point win, they can get themselves up to 12 points. Uh, you know, if Harbour can get a win, uh, they can potentially, you know, go level with, with Wellington on, like, 15 points. So you're definitely making, um, you know, those bottom three in the Premiership a lot closer uh, if those results go those way or go that way. Uh, but personally, I think I'm seeing Wellington get the win over Harbour, like I said, keeping that uh, tight uh, top four race tight. Uh, and then, you know, Bay of Plenty getting that win over Manawa 2 will keep it very tight between Harbour and Bay of Plenty for the relegation spot. So into the championship, this is a pretty interesting reading. So the championship, here we go. So first place after five rounds is Northland. So they've played five, won four, lost one, 18 points. Second spot is Hawke's Bay, played five, won three, lost two, 15 points. Third spot is Otago, played five, won three, lost two, 15 points. And fourth spot is Southland, played five, won two, lost three, and 11 points. So that's your top four. Very, very interesting. Uh, Northland topping it at present after five rounds. Very, very, very surprising. Uh, and Southland in your top four as well. So if that was the hold through to round 10, uh, I'd be pretty amazed. But, you know, well done Northland, well done Southland uh, in first spot and fourth spot respectively. Uh, so the other teams there, five, six, seven at the uh, bottom of the championship as such. Uh, in fifth spot is Taranaki, Played 5, won 2, lost 3, 10 points. Counties Medicaal, played 5, won 1, lost 4, 5 points. And Manawa 2, played 5, no wins, 5 losses, and 3 points. So yeah, you know, Counties and, or Counties Medicaal and Manawa 2, pretty much, uh, you know, playing that one out for the wooden spoon. Uh, Taranaki keeping things pretty honest, um, basically one point back from Southland seeing, uh, you know, who can get in there as, like, you know, the fourth spot uh, at present. Uh, pretty tight between South and Taranaki, just one point in it for fourth spot. So, yeah, there's uh, certainly a lot going on there. Uh, I guess, you know, uh, I'm a little bit down on Wellington there. They've had two losses, uh, and they've got a tough match against Harbour uh, coming up at home this weekend. But they still are only two points back from Canterbury uh, and four points back from Auckland and Waikato. So, you know, just with, you know, one or two uh, surprise results and a good performance from Wellington, you know, could well see them, you know, getting up to second or third in the competition uh, quite easily. Uh, and obviously that's the same for a couple of other teams as well. Um, but yeah, you know, um, good to see. There's, there's certainly, you know, at least five, maybe even Harbour starting to make a push, maybe even six teams challenging for the Premiership semifinals. And there's certainly five teams pushing pretty hard for the championship semi-finals. 
So it's good to see some uh, you know competition in there uh, for the places, for the finals places. So yeah, I think I'm going to leave everything there. I don't think there's anything else I need to do. Uh, uh, like I said right at the start, like I'm not putting off talking about uh, the Bledisloe Cup at all. I'm happy to talk about that, and we'll definitely do that uh, sometime during the week. Uh, but it's just a matter of timing, uh, as you can see. I think uh, we're probably almost, yeah, we're at around about 40 minutes bang on. Uh, so I don't really want to continue on because, you know, the Bledisloe Cup probably deserves another 30, 40 minutes plus uh, on its own. Uh, and I don't really want to be here for an hour and a half. And I'm probably pretty sure you don't want to be either. So, yeah, basically this is just a Mighty 10 Cup um, podcast. And hopefully sometime during the week uh, when I've got some time, got some energy, got some motivation can uh, review that Bledisloe Cup match, which, you know, you'd have to say was was, was pretty awesome, uh, certainly towards the end, that last, you know, 5 to 15 minutes of the game was very tense. The uh, quality of play from both teams may be a little bit suspect, but uh, the overall, you know, the results uh, and, you know, how it played out in those final moments was very exciting. So, yeah, for sure, definitely uh, check that out or, like, you know, review that more in depth. Obviously, uh, have a look at Bledisloe Cup 2 as well and do a bit of a preview, uh, probably at the same time, I guess. Uh, so yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, if you did, that was great, or that's good of you uh, for me. Um, yeah, so things to do. Uh, well, you know, I have uh, a Facebook page, so if you use Facebook, can you look up the Rugby Gods podcast? Uh, hopefully you can find a Facebook page there, it's mine. Um, give it a like, give it a follow send me a message, that would be awesome, those would be great things, um, I do this podcast on Anchor FM, so if you want to go to Anchor FM, the Rugby Gods podcast, I think you'll find it there, uh, and, <clears throat> sorry, and from there, um, I think, uh, this podcast is on maybe six or seven different, uh, platforms or podcast platforms, uh, generally speaking, I use Spotify for my podcast listening, uh, in general, uh, so yeah, you know, feel free to listen through podcasts if you uh, sorry through Spotify uh, if that's good for you. Uh, don't really know what else to say. I think I've pretty much signed off, signed out, kept everything off there. So yeah, I hope you're having a good week. I hope things are going well in your life. I uh, hope you're enjoying uh, whatever rugby it is that you're watching, uh, if you are or if you're able to watch any. Uh, there's certainly uh, some things going on in the northern hemisphere some things going on over in South Africa. Um, obviously, we're building towards the rugby championship uh, in sort of Australasia or the Southern Hemisphere. And, you know, Bledisloe Cup and Maritain Cup are in full swing as well. So, you know, there is obviously the coronavirus, COVID-19 in the world, but uh, the rugby, uh, you know, professional rugby has managed to sort of weather that storm uh, by and large and is getting back on its feet. So hopefully, uh, you know, whatever you're into in terms of rugby, uh, I hope you're able to watch it and I hope it's going well and you're enjoying it. Uh, and then, yeah, just life in general. I hope that's going well for you. I hope you're doing good things and I hope, you know, good things are happening for you. So that's all from me. Uh, I might see you fairly shortly. Like I said, promising that Bledisloe Cup, Bledisloe Cup 1 uh, review and maybe a Bledisloe Cup 2 preview. So thanks a lot. Ka kite anua. Bye for now. See you later.